new seventh graders, welcome to student ministry. Fifth and fifth graders, welcome to big church. Uh, glad you're here. Uh, excited for today. Uh, I want to tell you before we begin, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, this series, Not Your TV Dad, Jesus Knows Best, is about the commands of Jesus. Uh, he does give a number of commands uh, in the gospel accounts. We're going to look at a very familiar one today. If you've been in church for a while, uh, you'll know it pretty quickly uh, in Matthew 6. But before we get there, uh, I want to remind you, for those of you that weren't here last week, or maybe you were and you just forgot, uh, we're excited about the future, particularly for one of our uh, staff members, uh, Hunter Ryberg, who is our uh, full-time kind of year-round intern. Uh, in two weeks, uh, we are launching Hunter all the way to the great state of New York uh, to start a, a ministry residency program. And we're through that. We have a kind of a new partnership with the North American Mission Board, which is kind of the Southern Baptist church planting arm, uh, and a church up there called Cornerstone Church that they are doing a residency program. So Hunter's going to get to live on Long Island for free. What a deal. Uh, what a deal in a, in a big four-bedroom house with some other guys, and it'll be a ton of fun, uh, and it'll be a great ministry opportunity for him. Uh, but we need your help uh, because even though Hunter has free housing, uh, doesn't, it's not free to live. Uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about that today, too. But uh, so we have some baskets uh, out at the exits, uh, both side, both over here and out there, that if you feel led to help contribute to support Hunter uh, as he goes to New York, we'd really appreciate that. In one week, uh, we raised nearly $5,000 for him, uh, which was awesome. So thank you uh, for your generosity in that. And so uh, we got to keep going to, to help him, and Cornerstone's going to help, and we're going to help, and it'll be a great uh, ministry year for him. Uh, speaking of money, uh, we are getting down, as you heard Randy say a few minutes ago, to the end of our budget year. Uh, our budget year runs from September uh, through the end of August, and about four weeks ago, I asked you uh, that if you would commit to be faithful in your giving for these final six weeks so we could give strong, end the budget year strong, I said we need uh, really to be in good shape about 30, we need to average $30,000 a week for these next six weeks. And as of week four, uh, you've done it, uh, barely, uh, but you've done it. So we're averaging just over $30,000 these last four weeks. And so uh, these next two weeks, uh, let's finish our budget year strong so we can move with some momentum into the new year. So thank you for your faithfulness in giving uh, to our budget so that we can continue to do ministry uh, and see God do great things uh, through the life of our church. And so today, uh, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. So we're going to read verses 25 through 34. Again, you've, you know it probably if once we start reading. You've heard it. Um, you probably don't have to be in church much, and you've probably heard some of these statements. But uh, since school is starting, uh, most of our Elementary, middle, high school students have started. You Clear Creek folks get an extra week. Um, but, but most everybody started. Our college students are heading back. And, and so this kind of has, a, has, a, a, has an educational theme today. Uh, so teachers in the room, we got lots of those around. Uh, you remember in school, for those of you still in school, especially when you were younger, that once you learned a lesson, the teacher would sometimes say, now that you understand that, we're going to build upon that and learn something new. So that happened for most of us in third grade, because most of us by third grade had learned to read. Most of us um, had learned to read. And all of a sudden in third grade, 
math somehow became about English. We didn't understand why. Like, math and English are different. But in third grade, they became one and the same. Because then you had to figure out, if a train going east at 12 miles an hour, you had to do word problems. And and somehow, that lesson of reading then helped you do math. And so you built upon that. Well, Jesus is doing the same thing in the Sermon on the Mount, this most famous sermon that that we get recorded from Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. And in the middle of this, he he has a little statement uh, about serving two masters, that you can't serve both God and money. You can't serve both God and yourself. You can't serve both God and something else. They're incompatible. That if you're going to serve God, then you need to serve God. And so if you know that and you understand that, then there's some things that follow from that. If I'm going to serve God with all of I'm going to submit myself to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, if I'm going to tr- put my whole trust in Jesus Christ, then once I have that down, once I have that understanding, then there are some things in life that are going to build upon that. That's what the message is about today. The things that build upon the fact that if I've committed myself to serve serve God, then there are some things that are just going to be put into place. And so let's look at Matthew 6, verse 25. Uh, Therefore, I tell you. So anytime you see the word therefore, there's a reason it's therefore. So read the previous statements and you'll know why that passage is there. I just told you the previous statements. Serve God not money and things, okay? That's what he says. If you can get that down, you serve God, then here we go. I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? What a great question. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, maybe not here, but was there, I'm sure, which today is alive and tomorrow thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Amen. Jesus in this passage is is very plainly, very directly, telling those people who would say, we Submit to you. We believe in you. We, we've trusted in you. We, we're following you. 
We, we exalt you as our King, our Savior, our Lord. If, if you're committed to the King, you don't need to be anxious. It's very plain. If, if I've committed my life to Jesus Christ and I trust who he is in my life, I have no need to be anxious. I'm actually commanded not to be anxious. Three times he commands us, don't be anxious. Six times he mentions the whole idea of anxiousness and worry and fret and struggle. Because most of the time, we worry about things that will never come to pass. We worry about things that will never even happen. Or we worry about things that won't matter. You ever heard the, the rule of five? Every time you get frustrated or nervous or anxious about something, think about this rule of five and ask yourself, will this matter in five seconds? Will this matter in five minutes? Will this matter in five hours? Will this matter in five days? Will this matter in five weeks, five months, five years? Most of us get worried and fret over things that won't matter in five minutes. It'll be gone and over. It's done. And, and we, we go through life in this constant roller coaster of ups and downs, worry and heartache and frustration, and we waste hours of our lives worried over things that absolutely will not happen. Or if they do happen, it'll be here today and gone in a moment. It won't matter. Students, I hope you passed all of your lab quizzes this week. Because I know some of you had them. You got to, you know, pass the lab quiz so you don't blow the school up, you know, because you mix the wrong chemicals. You got to do that. But that lab quiz isn't going to matter for most of you next year until you have to take it again. Right? It's not going to matter, right? That doesn't mean it's not important, but there's no reason to get like crazy, fret over, lose sleep over whatever it is. Life will go on. Now, don't tell your parents, pastor said, I don't have to care about school. Because we're going to get to some more encouragement later. But, but sometimes we get so worked up over things that, that are just going to be gone in moments. And we, we worry so much. Or, or we do just the opposite. We, we imagine worst case scenario. Like we look at a potential scene and we only imagine the worst. Terrible. Like I, I'll probably die. This lady in Poland, this actually happened. Lady in Poland, the country of Poland, Eastern Europe. She saw something up in a tree outside of her, her house. Tall up in the tree, big tree in between the branches. It looked ominous, scary. She was terrified. Even her neighbors began to wonder, what in the world is this? They're all coming out, looking at it. They couldn't quite tell. It was, it was small, but not too small, big, but not too big. But we just couldn't see. It was so high up in the tree. 
They were so nervous about this that they wouldn't even open their windows at night. Remember, most people in the world don't have air conditioning, okay? So that's important. Uh, they wouldn't open their windows at night because they were scared of what this creature was. Was it a wild animal? Was it someone's abandoned pet that had been wounded? Uh, some, some wild animal from, from the woods that had come in and gotten stuck up in the tree, and who knows when it's going to get loose? So finally, she calls animal control. And a couple days later, they come out, they're still like scared to death. Animal control cautiously climbs the tree with their protective gear to find this ferocious croissant stuck in the tree. Do you know what a croissant is? If you go to Jason's Deli, order the Club Royale, it's the best thing on the menu, that's what they serve it on. Piece of bread. There's a piece of bread stuck in the tree that these, this neighborhood was worried to death over for two days about a piece of bread in a tree. I know that's never happened to any of you. You've been worried about a piece of bread in a tree. I, I'm confident in that. But what is it that we look at life and we imagine the worst case scenario and it's nothing? It's nothing. And we've wasted mental and physical energy. We've wasted trust in our Savior. We've wasted opportunity to help someone grow in their faith because we have distracted them by our own anxiety. And Jesus says, no. Now, don't get me wrong. It's, as I said earlier, students about our lab exam it's also not just saying, well, uh, all's good. God's going to take care of it. I'm going to sit back and watch my YouTube TV and just enjoy life, and God's going to take care of me because that's what it says. That I don't have to worry. I don't have to be anxious. No, that's not what it says. God says he will meet all of our needs, and, and he gives two great examples, one particularly the birds of the air. The birds of the air don't worry about things. They don't store up in barns. They, they don't know. But what has God given them? God has given them an innate ability to find worms. He's given them the ability, the power, the responsibility, and the provision. But, but they still have to fly around and look for their food and find it. But he's put that within them. In the same way he's put that within us. It would be people who actually are productive, that we have the responsibility to partner with God to, to meet our needs because he has placed that within us. Because this whole passage is about God's provision for our basic needs. But the broader context, the broader principle is he's going to meet every one of our needs. And so three times he says, stop worrying very directly, stop worrying. I, I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in a long time. When I was younger, I used to watch it some. There was this one sketch one time with Bob Newhart. Some of you that are my age and older, you know, he had his own TV show, kind of a comedian guy, sitcom. And he played a counselor. And so in the sketch in Saturday Night Live, he played a counselor. And so the, the patient comes in, she walks in, she sits down, and he says, look, Whatever you got, I, I'm confident I can solve it. 
I, I know how to handle your issues. It's going to be two words. Two words, whatever your issue is, just you tell me and I'll give you the two words and you'll be great. We probably only need one session. So she, she begins to share and about halfway through, stop it. He just yells at her. Stop it. She's like, no, but you don't understand. Stop it. And the whole sketch is him screaming at her, stop it. Stop. And she just finally says, well, you know, my greatest fear is to be buried alive in a box. And so she, like, that's kind of a weird fear. Uh, you got to have some weird friends to, like, that, that's your fear. Like, who are you hanging out with? Stop it. <laughs> and finally at the end, when she keeps going, he goes, stop it or I'll bury you alive in a box. That's what Jesus is saying. Stop it. Stop it. We get so caught up in so many things. So many things that, that distract us, that pull us away. Like, stop worrying. You know why you can stop worrying? Because... Because Jesus wants you and I to understand, to, to recognize our worth in his eyes. That's why we can stop worrying. I can stop worrying because I recognize the worth that I have in Jesus. In Jesus. We, we worry about a lot of stuff. We, we put our minds on things and we get anxious about stuff and we get nervous. And part of that is because we want to bring value to those around us. We want others to feel value. We want others to succeed and grow. And, and do, so sometimes our worry isn't about us. It's about other people's needs being met. And as I think about this season of life in our community that has lots of families with lots of kids in school, maybe you're anxious right now about this school year. It's just one thing in life, just one thing in life, school. Students, maybe you're worried about your friends, who's going to be in your classes, who's not in your classes. Are you going to be a success or failure this year? Are people going to be mean or nice to you? Are you going to be mean or nice? That's a good thing to worry about. Your teachers, are they going to be cool? Are they going to be... Lots of, have lots of homework, all these things we think about. Am I going to be able to handle the workload? What about all my extracurricular activities? Am I going to make the team, the band, the choir, the production, whatever it is? Am I going to make the right choices? Do I want to make the right choices? And then parents and grandparents. You want your child to be successful. You want others to respect them, and you want them to respect others. We worry about that. We want them to, to maintain proper emotions when they succeed and when they fail. Will our teacher, will the teacher, the teachers be cooperative with us? Will they communicate? Does the administration care? Will my child make the team, the band, the choir, the production, all those things? Will they amount to anything in life? Yes is the answer, by the way. Is my child going to talk to me about school? That's one of the 
parents' greatest worries. How was your day today? Fine. Man, what a rousing conversation. Such insight. So helpful. What'd you do today? Nothing. We worry about that when you do nothing. Because no, either you're lying to us or your teachers are terrible, right? It's like, it's one or the other. <laughs> Both of those are bad. So we start to worry, right? That's what parents do. Stop it. <laughs> if you're a teacher here today, I know we got a bunch. Will I have knuckleheads this year? Yes, you will. <laughs> you don't need to worry about that. This is a truth. It's a fact. Will I be able to make an impact on these students? Will I succeed or fail at teaching the material and helping them figure out if the train's traveling 12 miles an hour eastbound and what the other train's going to do? Will the administration be supportive of me? Will parents be nice and understanding? Will I be nice and understanding? Now, just, just one aspect of life that is truthfully seasonal. A seasonal aspect of life we spend a lot of energy toward. And it's an important aspect of life. Learning and growing, interacting with others, expanding our minds, understanding interpersonal relationships, growing both you know, mentally and physically is important. Those are critical things in life, and, and Jesus cares about those. If he cares about the bird and the grass in your yard that's dying, if he cares about that, how much more does he care for you? And you know why he cares for you? Because he put his breath in you. And so whether you're a student, a teacher, a parent, a grandparent, or none of those, He put his breath in you. The grass fades. But his love for you never changes. Never changes. And sometimes it's hard for us to see that in the middle of the worry and the anxiety and the frustration and the what ifs. And Jesus reminding his listeners, reminding us, God cares for you. He's going to meet your needs. It may not be the way you think he will. It may not be the successes that you, you think you should have. It may not be even the failures that you have and you wish were different. But he's going to meet your needs according to his will. He's committed to that because he's committed to you. And, and, and this little phrase here that sometimes we, if you read this passage, you've read it before, you might think, hmm, Jesus might be a little condescending here, like putting the people in their place. But it's different than that. It, right there in the middle, he says, Oh, you of little faith, at the end of verse 30. Oh, you of little faith. The, the actual translation of that is little faith ones. Oh, you little faith ones. It's not a parent or an uncle or a mentor scolding you, like, get your act together, get some faith about you, come on, grow up. It's not that. 
No, it's like a best friend putting his or her arm around you and saying, hey, little faith one, come on. Let's go together. Reassuring you of his presence. Reassuring, your, reassuring you of his care. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Because your faith makes you different from the rest of the world. That's why he mentions the Gentiles, the, the pagans, those who, who don't believe in Jesus. He mentions them because they run after this same stuff and they get worried about it. And, and that's their life. That's their only opportunity because that's all they have is their stuff. The clothes they wear, the things they have, the food they eat. You, you don't need to be like them because you have me. And I'll take care of every need. And so don't chase after the things that the Gentiles chase after. Rest in me. Don't be anxious. Allow your faith to shine through in those moments where everyone else around you is uncertain and worried, and you can be steady and calm and assured. That's what I'm calling you to, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what we're called to do is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And so today, if you've come in and, and maybe you're nervous students about start of school, first week hasn't been great, or maybe it's been wonderful and you're like, maybe it's all downhill from here um, because it started off well. Or, or maybe there's something at your workplace. Those of you that are not in school and, and uh, maybe you're older, there's all kinds of other things to worry about, right? Um, housing issues, Right, because uh, unless you live in a brand new house, you're going to have issues with your house. You know, cars, family dynamics, health issues, interpersonal relationships among family. And one of our church members mentioned one to me today. Like, it, it never ends. The opportunity for anxiety and worry and stress, they don't ever end. It's, it's how we trust. And so let me encourage you today. I want to encourage you to, to in this moment, take a deep breath. I want to encourage you in this moment to take a deep breath. Live in the present. Live in the present. Trust God's grace for today. Tomorrow's got enough issue. Yesterday had lots of issue. Right? You can't fix yesterday. It's over with. Tomorrow's not here yet, so no need to get crazy about it. Today's troubles are sufficient for themselves. And so rest in God's grace. So if you're here this morning and you're hanging on to a past worry, a heartache, a frustration, a failure, or you're anxious about today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, 10 years from now, let me remind you to take a deep breath. Trust that God is in control, that he cares for you in a way that's infinitely greater than he cares for the birds of the field, birds of the air who, who have no worry about where their next meal is coming from. 
and release those burdens to him. And if you're wondering here today, am I the only one that worries? Let me just put you at ease. The answer is no. If you look to your left and to your right and the person in front of you and behind you, I can say with 100% confidence that they also are like you. They worry. And if you don't think they do, well, then you can just look on stage. Because though close to perfect, I still worry. <laughs> Thank you for the 40% of you that got the joke. The rest of you didn't or don't know me well enough, you, you know. Uh, let, me, let me explain. I'm not even close to perfect. But we all worry. We all have anxiety. We all have issues that we struggle with that, that are hard for us. And, and we get caught up in the what ifs and we waste our life. And we waste opportunity. Don't allow that to happen. So take that deep breath. Believe that God's in control. Release the burden to him. He tells us, right, if you're burdened and heavy laden, take on his yoke, which is light and easy. Give it over to Jesus. Give it over. And do not worry. Trust him for today. That's my prayer for all of us, that we would trust him for today. And then when today is over and we get to tomorrow and tomorrow is today, we'll trust him for today. That's our calling, to trust in him today. Will you pray with me?